Hi, I'm Associate Sports Editor Sean Meadow, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Football Podcast. I am Jack Butler, joined by Sean Meadow. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh... We are here to talk Oregon football. No Maverick Palak here, uh, which is disappointing. He is not holding his end of the bargain by just even showing up to up to this podcast. So pretty disappointing. It's you and I today. So, you know, you and me. So, yeah, this is this is unfortunate. I missed last week. I think Maverick will yeah, make, you did. make up for it. When are you missing one? Uh, You know, to be determined. I'll probably be sick in a couple of weeks. Um, is it just that kind of feeling? You know. My back's getting sore from carrying this podcast because y'all are just missing days and starting to hurt. So I'll probably take a nice day to just sit down, just like the Ducks sat down against Arizona in the desert, 44 to 15. They lost, especially offensively, pretty poor execution, poor result all the way around. I'm sure they they have and they are even agreeing with that. But coming off of a of a loss to Washington State, where they came out extremely flat, uh, down twenty seven to nothing at halftime, but came back, made it twenty to twenty seven at one point in the fourth quarter. Washington State just needed one score to kind of put them away, and they did. and And it seemed like okay, maybe that first half against Washington State was a little bit of an anomaly. You know, they couldn't do anything offensively; they got burned defensively. Uh, but that second half seemed like they returned to form. Uh, but we got an entire game of the first half of Washington State. Uh, it was the Ducks, they couldn't run the ball offensively, 84 rushing yards, which is, you know, far from what they want to do. It's far from what they were getting against Stanford and Washington. And, and you know, for me, that was the big takeaway. It was just we've spoken about how Cristobal wants to be the most physical team and is the he is the offensive line coach. They want to run. They want to run. Uh, but it wasn't working and yes, they've had some injuries, but I, I don't know about you, Sean, but that was the biggest standout to me against not, not a good Arizona run defense that they just couldn't win the line of scrimmage. Yeah. The line of scrimmage, definitely the biggest battle in that game that fell Arizona's way that definitely flipped that game on its head from the start. You could see it throughout and it was a lot different. The Washington state game where the Cougars go ahead really fast and Oregon just can't battle back. That wasn't the same type of feeling. This one had a different feeling to it. And it was one that Oregon could not battle back from. And Ducks defense did a good enough job to force some field goals, but they just couldn't come back from that. I just don't know where the blame and that falls when the offense really stutters in a situation like that. And Oregon really just targets one guy, Dylan Mitchell. The whole time, the run game does not work for the Ducks. And when you only have one receiver you can try and go after for Oregon, it's just not going to be good enough. And that game looked like a lost cause at the end of the first quarter. But it did seem like, you know, building off what you were saying, Sean, that Mitchell was the only one that Herbert was consistently trying to find. I mean, he ended the game six receptions, 69 yards, one TD. Uh, Jalen Red also ended the game with six receptions. He kind of came on uh, towards the end of that game. And, uh, you know, because they had to throw it 
at the end they started to spread it around but it's clear that Dylan Mitchell it was by far in a way uh the great you know the the top receiver on this team and the one that Herbert relies on and I don't know if you know teams have well they definitely have started to key on him and started to kind of double team Dylan Mitchell and it doesn't seem like other wide receivers Brendan Schooler uh Jalen Red and Johnny Johnson have really been able to take advantage of that. I mean, I think Johnny Johnson's been open, but he's had some drop issues this year. Um, you know, Jalen Red seems to be good for a, a big player to every game, but it doesn't seem like Herbert's consistently finding him. Same with Schooler. I, I, you know, Schooler's not really a guy that seems to consistently be getting open. Uh, and, you know, the tight ends are kind of MIA in the passing game as well. So I don't know exactly what isn't, working in that passing game but it seems like Herbert's first instinct is just to look for Dylan Mitchell and then you know if he's not open it doesn't seem like other guys are getting open and and that's a problem it doesn't feel like there are any second option players when the play call is to go to Mitchell as well if Mitchell's if Mitchell's in coverage he either throws it to him or he scrambles himself that's why Justin Herbert leads the team in that game in rushing that's what happens is he has to scramble. And I think he's calling plays at this point going option one is Mitchell. Option two is myself because yeah. Jalen red has ends up that game against uh, Arizona with six receptions for 33 yards. But those are plays designed for red, right? Those aren't second options as many times well, as often. Maybe. Or, I mean, I mean, yeah, like at least that's what it looks like to us. Yeah. Hard to know. And And look, it's good to, you know, obviously quickly move on from your first read to your second read, but you know, it doesn't seem like those guys are getting open or maybe, you know, the the play isn't developing, you know, in the right way. And and also guys aren't, you know, they don't have a, a running back who's great out of the backfield at, at catching balls. I mean, none of Tony Brooks James is kind of now completely out of the offense entirely, but Travis Dye and CJ Verdell aren't really, you know, receiving backs. They got a couple this game, but um, they either aren't going to or haven't shown yet that they can really uh, be guys that are also weapons in the passing game yet. And, and it, you know, it brings it, you up to Tosh Griffin, doesn't it? Oh, well, God. <laughs> he, uh, That's who I think of at least. Wow. Yeah. Tosh Griffin, secret to Oregon's offensive success. We just never knew it. You know, <laughs> who would have thought? But it, it, it's an issue that they just couldn't really get this passing game going that much. I mean, Herbert. He ended the game 24-48, yards, two TDs, and one interception. I mean, that stat line isn't great. And, you know, it's okay it isn't great, but it's the 3.9 average yards per reception that's really troubling. That's what Oregon, they want to be averaging that in the running game. They want to be averaging more than that in the running game, and they have been averaging that and way more than that in the passing game. But for whatever reason, first half wazoo and this entire Arizona game, that's gone away. It'll be interesting to see if it can come back against UCLA. I mean, I don't know. UCLA's defense is one of the bottom in the Pac-12 as well, but so is Arizona's. And it's, you know, you muster 15 points against one of the worst defenses in the Pac-12. You know, that's really concerning, and especially not being able to pass given that Cristobal wants to run, yet they threw it, you know, you know they, they started to, granted they had to, but they really seem to, in play calling alone, just go away, go away from the run and and start to go to the pass pretty early. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure if you if you're also counting Herbert's runs that there were like 
almost nine rushes in that first half compared to 20 passing attempts, which there were 17 more rushing attempts in the entire game against Washington uh, than there were, you know, throwing attempts. So I, I don't know. Maybe they thought they could throw it around the yard against Arizona, but I don't know what's up with this offense other than they haven't been winning that off that line of scrimmage and, and it doesn't seem like anybody but Dylan Mitchell can get open. And I don't know what there is. You know, maybe they'll figure it out. They'll figure something out. But Herbert and Mitchell are questionable for this upcoming game against UCLA with concussions. They're in concussion protocol. This is as of Tuesday, yes. the 30th of October at 7.30 p.m. Yeah, at an undisclosed location. <laughs> in Alan Hall's podcast booth. But I I mean I don't know about you, Sean, but it I, I don't know what gets this offense sparked, whether it's returning to the running game and just pounding UCLA for four quarters or what, but uh they really need Herbert and Mitchell to play because clearly both those guys are the offense right now. They are. That's all that this offense has become and CJ Verdell felt like it was at this point becoming the guy that would be the go to in the run game and that would be that transition and Tony Brooks James falling off has probably been the biggest stutter in Oregon's offense, barring Johnny Johnson's lackluster season. He didn't register a reception, Johnson. No, he had like two opportunities to catch the ball. And I mean, one was a for sure drop and one was kind of thrown behind him. Yeah. So I hard to blame him for that. But he had a couple opportunities, but just couldn't reel it in. You know, some were tough covers, some were good covers, some were poor throws by Herbert, but yeah. And then Oregon, what? Six punts for Maimone. Hunting was phenomenal. Two for Snee. And uh, I, yeah, honestly, that's the, the highlight for that game right there. <laughs> and uh, Oregon's punting was working out. But I don't, I don't know when you look at UCLA and the similarities in the defense, at least, and Oregon's going to maybe be without Justin Herbert? Is that Braxton Burmeister? Is that Tyler Shuck? We don't know who would be the go-to at the moment. It looks like Burmeister, but right now it could still just as well be Justin Herbert at quarterback. But the one positive out of Herbert's performance, I think, is just his pocket presence was really good, and he didn't look scared when players were rushing him. Defenders got through linemen and linebackers got in into his pocket to try and get him he wasn't shying away he was still throwing the ball full motion he wasn't really stepping away too much he was waiting to the last second quite often and that confidence I think is coming through he just needs receivers who can catch the ball a little more often he needs to be a little more accurate with his throws from time to time he did look a little out of sorts at times. Maybe the concussion happened early in the game. Uh, he got, he got hit know. late pretty, pretty the good. The third quarter, right? I can't quite remember exactly if that was third or fourth. But, I mean, yeah, who knows when that concussion actually happened. But I, I don't think I was only sacked one time. Yeah, I mean, they've done well in the offensive line, minus freshman but, left but tackle Penny Sewell, Sewell being out has definitely affected this team. Because since his injury, this team has lost. Yeah, an 0-2, I guess. It's, Although he was, I don't know how he was, much he can was put out on in the line. second half against, you know, for the most of the second half against UW as well. Yeah, and, but how much can you put on the O-line? You can't really put that much on them. But they, but well, they, the I, run game has stuttered since Panay Sewell has left. I mean, left. I put a lot on them, but so one individual I, I, I can't specifically point and say, you know, it's that person that's been a weakness or it's those two people that have been a weakness. They're put in a tough position. I mean, they have experience. They're experienced guys, but Penny Sewell's really good at that left tackle left tackle spot. 
Calvin Throckmorton now has to go from right tackle to left tackle. He says he can play all five offensive line positions. They say that he can do them all really well. He's been jumping around since fall camp, playing all every position except for like right guard or left guard or what one of the guard positions. But he said he can feels like he can play all of them. It seems like Dallas Warmack uh, is having some injury issues as well. So Capra, Johnny Capra, Does he has go to down go. like once a game. Uh, you know, he stayed up uh, against Wazoo, but he went down against UW and then, you know, went down again against Arizona. But look, they're definitely, you know, those are some pieces that have been moving around, but it's the same people that's been there, you know, that was pushing around uh, Stanford easily. And it was the same people that, you know, same guys that managed to control that line of scrimmage against Washington. Uh, and, and it seems like despite, you know, a couple of years of experience, something isn't something isn't quite just working, whether it's execution, whether it's scheme. You know, we're not sure. Uh, Jake Hansen seems to have an errant, errant snap or two a game, which is really weird because I don't remember any issues with any snaps in the past two years that he started. It's just kind of been a weird year for him. Look how much that played a role in that Stanford game. Well, yeah, I mean, we've certainly we certainly dove into that at the time, but. You know, he almost he almost had one that led to like an Arizona safety uh, in in this first or first quarter, I think, maybe second quarter. But it, it's just certainly been an uncharacteristic offensive line performance through you know one half of the Washington State game and an entire uh, half against Arizona. I mean, Arizona is the tenth best rushing defense in the Pac-12, one ahead of UCLA. So, you know, they managed to control the line of scrimmage. This Oregon offensive line managed to control the line of scrimmage against Washington, who's second in the Pac-12 in, in rushing, yard, rushing yards allowed per game. Um, maybe it's as simple as home versus away. Maybe that makes a huge difference for this team. We know it was a big difference last year, but I always thought, okay, that's probably because they went on the road with Braxton Burmeister as their quarterback for most of the time, but and that was definitely the hardest part of the schedule, too, when Burmeister Yeah, that was, was the, not the time you wanted to to lose Herbert, but uh, I mean, they've got a UCLA defense coming in that uh, is really statistically similar. They're on a different scheme, but they're statistically similar to where Arizona's at. And Oregon got 15 points. So, and, you know, I'm assuming, I'm going to assume not, you know, obviously like reporting in any way, nor that anybody would aggregate this in any way. But, uh, <laughs> oh boy, what are you going? I, I'm at? assuming that Herbert and Mitchell are playing. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's concussion protocol. Um, we they saw didn't practice on Tuesday. Yeah. Like you were talking to me earlier in the week. You said TJ Daniel or is it JT? TJ Daniel. Daniels. Yeah. Plural. Daniels. I couldn't remember <laughs> if it was JT or TJ. I shouldn't know. Oh, JT Daniels. JT. Yes. Yeah. You got meals. I got up. everyone all messed up. Um, but, you yeah, know, USC for USC, he was in a similar position and ended up not playing. So. And a lot of people thought he was going to play. I did, and that is why I picked USC to win that game. Yeah, and I didn't, and that's why I picked uh, Arizona State, and I got that right. So Barely. Mm. Barely. <laughs> oh, Arizona did, State will be here is, at Austin. Is, is they, are they, the did season. they win the game, Sean? No, you Jack. play to win the game. That's such a good Herm reference. No, it's the only Herm reference anyone should ever make. Um, <laughs> the, but maybe Bears on the state podcast is going to be good. Yeah, it should have, especially Mavericks actually here for it. Jeez. Yeah, he's a big Herm Edwards fan. Yeah, big Herm guy. 
But maybe the difference is just home versus away. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's that simple. But, you know, Ducks are now out of the top 25. Rightfully uh, so. Yeah, no, for sure. But one person, obviously the Ducks coming back to Autzen. Chip Kelly is also returning uh, to Autzen. I don't think I need to explain who he is. Uh, you can Google it if you don't understand. Uh, but I'm sure you do. Does he get cheered, booed? I don't. I don't remember any sort of introduction for any coach like over the, the loudspeakers like they do. They just at, run like, out at like NBA games when they yeah. introduce and and stuff like that. So I don't even know when this would even happen. Because uh, so every I time think, an opponent runs out, people boo. It's just like kind of what you do. I don't. I know. think it goes. Doesn't it go refs then the away team then then they have the Ducks run out. Is it something in uh, that no, order? No, the Ducks run out first, the, usually. The Ducks I, I don't know. First? I, I mean, the I, Ducks run out first. I can't remember. I haven't really paid attention to I mean, to yeah, I, I don't know fucking when the refs <laughs> come out. But, like, the refs don't matter. Uh, but, you know, I know that Washington goes out. Washington went out after Oregon, and that's what I'm basing my memory off of. <laughs> Was that last So when Chip Austin. comes running out, the crowd will... Well, they're not going to UCLA. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. People, part they'll of, show them on the big screen at Autzen, and that'll be the moment. Are you? I, I don't. Are you sure that they're even going to show them on the big it's screen? It's been such a discussion, and look at how we're talking about it right now. That the Autzen Stadium video crew is going to have a camera gonna, on him. I, you know that they will for on obviously broadcasting this game is going to have Fox, a cam- Fox thirty maybe four thirty. Sure, I know it's at four thirty. I just don't know. Yeah, it is what, what channel? I'm covering the game. I should know, but. The the camera will be on Chip Kelly, I think, more than it'll be on Oregon, at least on the TV for the TV feed, because that is that is the big story that people are going to be talking about. He was the glory days. They will cheer for him. Well, yeah, I'm just yeah. not accepting no, the fact that anyone. You, would so, you, so you would think that in theory, there came an opportunity where it was clearly like a chip moment. It's cheers, not yeah, booze. Yeah, it's cheers. You I think it's cheers. I think it's do you think it's not? I don't see why people would. Boo him, but I. So I guess cheers, but I don't really. I. I'll say. Do you think there's no response? I think there's cheers. No, no there's response. But there's is it, response. Okay, so then the question is, a full stadium cheer, or is it like a half cheer where the crowd? Yeah, it's eh, half cheer, but half, like other people half are just cheers. sitting there. It's half cheer, half cheers. Some people are just sitting there, like, oh yeah. Because hey, some people chip. are gonna be dumb and unreasonable and be like, boo, like you left, like you're awful. Uh, he was linked with coming back when Taggart left. That no, was I'm linked. pretty sure he was hired already. But, no, um, there was there was talk. I definitely remember that. I'm pretty sure he was already hired to UCLA. Was he though? I'm pretty sure because UCLA did not make a bowl. They fired Jim Moore. They hired him, and then Oregon. Like I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe, exactly, but regardless, I don't know about that. That would have been a bad idea. But I don't think that they really. I because there's no clear moment in when it's like clearly chip. That, like, I, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't see that there's any animosity as well from the fans toward I, him. Well, certainly not, like, you know, as students, no one was here for the chip era. Uh, the chip era for what, would they have to us, be, like, eight-year students we were, or something? We, you know, we're seniors now. I think, you know, the last chip era was probably, I mean, when we were in... Eighth grade, maybe freshman year of high school. So sounds right. Most of the student body is younger than us, so it's like they were in. They were certainly in middle school, borderline elementary school, when Chip was going through his reign at Oregon. So 
So there might be no reaction from the, from the student, student Well, the students might be dumb, as they probably, you know, are, and boo, just because. Because it's a UCLA just logo boo, on the or like, you left. Like, boo. Boo you, where I'm supposed to boo you. For some reason, I feel pressure to boo you, even though I wasn't even watching Oregon. Because I was <laughs> two. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that far back, but okay. Plus, plus, like, he left for the NFL. He didn't jump to USC. Yeah, it's not like he's going going to USC or like right. a rival like he team. Left for the NFL, it's not like he went to Washington. Like, well, relax. Yeah. Like you know, he left for clearly. Well, maybe not for him specifically. Was he the one that but, was he the was he in charge of? He was a Niners coach when DeForest Buckner was drafted, right? Uh, yeah, he was a Niners coach for a year. I think that, I was, think that was. I think that was the year. Yeah, he picked like so all there you go. people. But, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's, I, I think, like, most people are fine, and they wouldn't cheer, and they might just kind of be like, eh, that's what it is. It's, eh, Chip's coming back, eh. Yeah. That's what Otz, Otz That's is, exactly uh, what it's going to sound like. We better win, because UCLA is not very good, and we just blew one to Arizona, so, eh. Says the crowd. They're going to be more focused and more nervous for that than they are. For, for the fact for that the maybe fact Herbert that, oh, Chip's, might not be Chip's playing. Back, Chip's back. And then the second they kick off, no one's going to remember, except for probably when Chip goes for it on fourth down in his own 30-yard line. But regardless... That will probably happen at some point. Because it's, you know, just Chip being Chip. I, I mean, this is a UCLA team, but to the teams themselves, we've kind of previewed it a little bit, but we talked about how UCLA's defense is both they're middle of the pack in passing yards per game, one of the worst rushing yards per games, which is right around what Arizona was. So similar defensive level to Arizona. Um, and offensively, you know, they're quite balanced. I mean, I, I feel like most Oregon fans are pretty pretty familiar with the Chip Kelly system. Obviously, there's new wrinkles now a little bit, but, um, you know, Wilton Spates has been a QB that's been injured. They've been going back and forth between... Uh, him and Dorian Thompson Robinson and and both while well, Dorian Thompson Robinson's gotten I think most of the playing time uh Wilton Spate was the one that played last week against Utah so you know who knows maybe it'll be him again maybe we'll, we'll see some Dorian Thompson Robinson but it's it's pretty balanced attack uh they're at like offensively they're at I think 31 passing attempts per game and 36 rushing attempts per game so you know, pretty balanced, a little more run heavy, classic Chick Kelly. But just what's your what's your keys to the game for for Oregon? I think keys to the game for Oregon has to be stopping the run game. When they couldn't do that a week ago, can they come back and make it happen against a UCLA team that's heavily reliant on the run? Joshua Kelly is the running back there with 659 net rushing yards. It's DMI six touchdowns. He's the He's the go-to guy, so can they stop that run presence? And I think something for Oregon to keep an eye on on the offense, though, is it's who's playing. Right now, we don't know tonight, at least, if Herbert is able to play. And I think right now he couldn't play, right? If the game was today, because he doesn't practice. Why would you not? Does taking a day off help that much? I mean, well, in a concussion, yeah. There's no, I mean, they don't touch the quarterback anyway, but like, in my experience with concussions, I've never been like 
like actually concussed. So well, you, I have. you have. So yeah. you tell and me. They just tell you to, to do nothing. Don't exercise. And you get really tired really but, fast. I mean, but like, I did. But when you get that break, does it not affect you that much for the I, game? I, I don't know. Game? Like, no clue. We'll see who's playing. I'd, I'd imagine. I'd so, imagine not practicing probably helps your brain a little bit, but I I don't know. This is certainly all dependent on Justin Herbert's brain. It is. He's a that's, smart guy. That's not a scorching hot take. No, not at all. It's it's right down the middle. But, yeah. Um. Pretty simply, but if like players can make catches on the on the receiving <laughs> end, that's yeah. going to be key because Dylan Mitchell, we don't know how his. So you've got stopping the run. And someone other than Dylan Mitchell, who might also be hurt. Mitchell might playing. be gone, and Herbert might be gone. So now that one-two punch right. connection is completely And even if they are, I'm sure... What if Braxton Burmeister is the answer to Johnny Johnson's drops? Um, what a story uh, that would uh, be. But yeah, that would be something else. But I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's probably not no, the cure probably not. Uh, for this passing attack. But... I, you know, even if Herbert and Mitchell play, I think we agree a key is some some weapon on the outside, someone in the passing game. It could be tight end. It could be one of the wide receivers we've talked about needs to make an impact. It's got to have some big plays, a, a, a good game. But ultimately, to me, it comes down to that line of scrimmage and whether Oregon's offensive line can do what Cristobal says he wants them to do and what he's coached them to to do in the past what we've seen in the past from them and then i think oregon handles it i, I mean i obviously thought the same thing when they went down to arizona but uh and maybe chip will have some some things up his sleeve special for oregon but uh to me uh, you know i i think oregon it, of course the caveat i'm if, if herbert plays and also if mitchell plays then you know i i think oregon wins by Good, you know, 17, 20, 20 points on this one. UCLA, well, it's gotten, you know, a lot better in this, in this, you know, middle part of the year. But Oregon opened at 13. I think with the Justin Herbert questions and Oregon playing poorly, they've now dropped almost, you know, almost half that and, and to seven point, seven and a half uh, point favorites. Obviously, I said that they exceed that if Herbert's playing, but. What do you? What's your prediction? What do you feel like? Yeah. Okay. So Oregon scores thirty and wins by seventeen. Is that what you're saying? Uh, sure. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I don't 13, know. Thirteen. Twenty to or thirty to thirteen. There. I have Oregon winning by thirteen right now, which was under the two touchdown line originally, and it's staying. No, it tied the line. It opened the line. Oh, where the? Sorry, that so was. So you where agree it with the opening? The line. opening line. I think that's what it'll be, Herbert or not. That's how much Oregon will win by. I think Oregon wins this game. I don't think that's even a question to me at this point. But, of course, if Mitchell and Herbert are both out, and that's a ton right, of questions. Right, you can scrap exactly what we just said. Like, and this whole podcast is completely irrelevant. Well, kind of. It, kind of. It, it makes it even more important that Oregon's offensive line wins that battle. That's what that is. Oh, I mean, yeah, the defense, all the defense has got to play better because they're not going to have as many points. That's obvious. But specifically within functioning in the offense, if it's Burmeister, uh, we haven't really seen anything from Shuck, so don't know yeah. what to say about that. But if if it's Burmeister not there, then that offensive line has to be even better than they have to be, obviously, when Herbert's there. That does it. Thank you for listening. To listen to more podcasts from the Emerald Podcast Network, 
Uh, you can get them iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. We also on our newly launched revamped website. Is there still a bar there, producer Ryan? Okay. Well, we're working on that. Yeah. Google it. That helps. Uh, but like I said, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, you can search for us. Um, you know, we also tweet them out, post them uh, on our Facebook pages. And thank you for listening. Thank you.